Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 111 of In the Middle of It. The podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you're with me today. Now, if you're a regular listener, then you may realize that there have been about three weeks since I published an episode, and there is a reason behind that. It wasn't just the holidays, although that was a fortuitous coincidence, although I don't believe in coincidences. So I feel like the timing on all of this was perfect, but my husband and I were diagnosed with covid probably about three days before Christmas. And so that just kind of shifted everything in our lives, not only because of course we we were forced into quarantine and wanted to be in quarantine so that we didn't infect anybody else. But even if we had wanted to go anywhere to do anything, um, that would have been impossible because our energy levels were, were just nothing. So we had no energy and obviously we're feeling very sick with coughs and congestion and all the things that come along with it, but also feeling quite grateful that our version of COVID that we went through, that our symptoms were on the mild side. Now, even being on the mild side, I would say the one thing um, that has kind of lingered and probably will continue to linger for a few more weeks is just the exhaustion that accompanies COVID. So anyway, I am hoping that all of you are healthy and that you had a great holiday season and enjoyed your breaks. One of the things that has happened with us, as you might imagine, is that All of our plans have been kind of pushed back by a couple of weeks just because we've been recovering and going slow and all that kind of thing. And one of those things that has been pushed back, which honestly I've been kind of glad about, has been the fact that my husband and I um, have yet and still need to sit down and have our annual financial planning summit for 2021. And I have to be honest, that is something that I am dreading very, very much. Now, If you've ever felt dread, then you know what I'm talking about. And I think we all probably have had that feeling of dread. It's that pit in your stomach that prompts you to do everything that you can to avoid whatever it is that's prompting, you know, that dread or that feeling. So for this financial meeting, there are a few roots of that dread, right? So the first one is previous experience where let's just say my husband and I have had some animated conversations about our finances. And then also, I would say more particularly, one of the roots of my dread for me is that I really hate details. Like they, it it, it truly causes me suffering to have to get nitty gritty and go down into the details, mostly because I'm more of a big picture person and I kind of have the aerial view. Now for my husband, Philip, the roots of dread there are because he's the exact opposite. And that is, he is so good at the details, but he has uh, more of a challenge seeing the bigger picture, which means that we're a perfect pair, but communicating and going back and forth and making decisions can, can be quite the experience, or as I'm sure you can imagine, and maybe you've experienced that yourself. Now, here's the thing. It is never as bad as we think it's going to be. Okay, that is a flat out lie. It used to be as bad as we thought it was going to be. But we've been married long enough now to have figured out how to argue well. And what that means is that 
there are no pot shots or uh, taking things to a personal level. It's just really focusing on how to come to a mutual decision and, and find some common ground. But my question for you about this and why I'm talking about that is what about you? Have you ever experienced dread? And I'm curious what that dread is about. Now, most of you are back in the classroom now after a much needed winter break. And again, I hope that you had just the rest and the relaxation and the rejuvenation that you needed during that time. But if you're newer to teaching, and maybe even if you're not newer to teaching, maybe you experience some dread about going back into the classroom. Maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed in general. And with virtual learning or even in your physical classroom, you might feel like you're recreating the wheel, especially when it comes to administrative tasks. And, and I'm talking about that today because I know that all teachers have experienced such a learning curve over the past year. And perhaps things that were easy and rote if you were a more experienced teacher have become more of a hassle now because of all the extra work that you have to do. And so what I really want to talk about today is what those administrative tasks are and maybe some solutions. So I'm super curious, are there administrative tasks that cause you that kind of dread? Like, I don't want to have to mess with that. And you put it off and put it off and put it off. And I'm curious, what tasks are the ones that inspire that dread in you? Maybe it's things like grading or filing. And today, what I wanted to share is how adopting one practice in your classroom organizational system will save you time and really get rid of that dread and create more time for you to engage with your students. Because isn't that the end all be all of what we want? It's all about having that time to engage and connect with your students. So wherever you are, if you're multitasking, I really want you to come back to me. I really want you to lean in here with me. Now, if you're like me as a newer teacher, It was a reality check to realize there were so many things that I had to do as a teacher other than engaging my students. And honestly, it was a little bit disillusioning. So when I said that, things other than engaging my students, I'm curious about what popped into your head. Wherever you are, I want you to walk through this little exercise with me. And again, if you're multitasking, come back to me. This is important. I want you to just sit for a second and quiet yourself. And if you need to, once I I explain what I want you to do, you can even pause this and come back to me once you've done the little activity. So I want you to take a breath and I want you to just say out loud all of the things that are causing you dread or stress or overwhelm right now. Okay. And while you're doing that, while you're saying them out loud, I want you to really pay attention to what you're feeling in your body. Are there places where it feels like a contraction or a tightness? Do you feel a tension anywhere? Do your muscles feel sore? Do you just, does your body literally react and just kind of slump? So really pay attention to how your body feels as you list out those things out loud that you might be dreading or feeling stressed about. So you can pause here and do that if you want to, and then come back to me. Okay, so maybe some of the things that you said were things like 
I have a huge stack of papers to grade or a huge file of things online to grade. Uh, maybe you have lesson plan materials to organize, whether you're filing them away or pulling them together. Is it parent communication that you have to accomplish? Maybe it's writing your lesson plans or recording the grades that you've already done. Or maybe it's even writing interim and report card comments or filling those in in whatever software that you have. Whatever it is, I want you to think back to your personal list. And I want to know what are these repetitive tasks that created the most tension in your body? And I would just pick like the top three. So what three things that you listed out create the most tension in your body? Maybe it tightened a knot in your stomach or again, felt like a contracting in you rather than an expansion. Or maybe it felt like flat out dread, right? Like we've been talking about. So you might be asking, since I've been mentioning it so often in this episode, what is dread exactly? So according to an article from Counseling Directory, which I've included a link in my show notes to that, which you can find at theishgirl.com forward slash EP111, dread may be described as a sense of impending doom, an oppressive and overwhelming force sucking the joy out of life and smothering your enthusiasm for new experiences. Dread may include being constantly on edge, imagining worst case scenarios, and screen playing moments of imminent catastrophe in your head. Okay, that definition, when I first read it, really struck me. I mean, listen to the words, oppressive and overwhelming force sucking the joy out of life. So have you ever experienced that as a teacher related to things around work? And then look at that next part, smothering your enthusiasm. Does that description resonate with you and your administrative tasks as a teacher? I'm really curious. So like I talked about earlier, most of us don't think of the administrative tasks involved in the jobs we choose. And if you're like me, you were drawn to teaching for the interaction with students and for the impact that you can make and the connection that you can have there. So is the need to take care of all those administrative tasks creating an overwhelm in you that stands in the way of interacting with students in a way that you desire. And the question here is, how do you balance that out, that dread and all these administrative tasks that overwhelm you almost to the point of paralysis sometimes, if you're like me, and how do you move past that and and come to a balance so that you are doing the part of your job that you love and that you, you started it for? So how do you balance it out? This work has to be addressed, right? It's not like you can just shove it to the side and not do it. But I would say there are definitely ways to make it easier on yourself. And one of those ways is to automate. So what is automating exactly? Which I think probably if you're a newer teacher, you probably have a grasp around that. But just in case, basically it means letting a machine do the work for you. So what are the things that you do over and over again that some type of software can help you with. Now, just, just want to let you know here, I'm not, definitely not selling anything or anything like that. I just really want to make sure you know that there are tools out there that can help automate and help make your job a little bit easier, again, for the main goal of being able to connect and interact more with your students. So the thing is, this software doesn't have to be super complicated. 
simply starting to use a spreadsheet maybe for grading that has a calculating cell can save you a lot of time. And really identifying those tasks that routinely eat up your time. If they always use the same step-by-step -step system to complete, they're great candidates for automation. And if you're not sure what those might be, here are some suggestions. Now with grading, you can simplify grading by choosing types or forms of assessment that you can grade in a more streamlined way. Or you can, as I mentioned before, do grading calculations with spreadsheets or software. Your school may already have that in place. If not, I think it's something that with just a little bit of time investment, you can figure out how to do on your own in a spreadsheet. Also communication. When you're talking about regular communication that you do, things that you maybe find yourself communicating more than two or three times, maybe not like an email blast that goes out to all of your students' parents, but maybe ones that are more individual and one-on-one. -on -one. one of the things that you can do is once you've written an email one time, save it and use it to create a template. Save that template as an email signature so that whenever you have to communicate the same thing again another time to a different student, you can pop it into your email as a signature and then customize it to whomever you're sending it to. That way you're not recreating the wheel every time you're having to send an email or a message, say about a student who is missing an assignment or a student who is, maybe it's, it's on the positive end of things. So you're commending a student for the work that they've done or for how they've shown up in class and been helpful, whatever it is, creating that template as a signature in your email can drastically reduce the amount of time that you have to spend on that kind of communication. Okay, the other thing is taking attendance. So if your school already has a learning management system, then of course you're all set. But if not, you can create or find a simple spreadsheet to use and save time for that. Now, with lesson planning, there's some great options out there that can streamline how you link your state standards to your instruction and even help you share planning with your colleagues so that maybe you can divvy up the work and, um, and streamline it for all of you who are in your department or in your, your team or group. So what I talked about before is called Planbook EDU. And I have a link to that in the show notes, but I've gone in and played around with it a little bit and they have all of the state standards that you can link directly to whatever your plans are. You can share with other people, you can duplicate them. And so it is a really great tool for helping automate and cut down on time. And as a new teacher, I would say the really great part about using something like Planbook EDU is that in your following years of teaching in your second and third and fourth year, you already have all of your plans listed out and in a place where you can go back and look and pull from. And, um, and even as you go through now during your first year or, or wherever you are in teaching, you can make notes about what works or what you would change next time. So it's all right there in one place for you. I will give a caveat here. I would say a lot of times we adopt or our districts adopt um, software technology without a clear understanding of its use or purpose. And that is backwards because tech needs to be used for a specific purpose. This isn't a chicken versus egg scenario at all. The purpose of the software always, always, always comes first. 
right? So it may look like a really cool app or a really cool whatever it is, but just make sure that it's not, you're not wagging the dog with that, that you are, there's a purpose that you need. There's a need you need to fulfill that the software is going to help with. The opposite end of the tech happy spectrum is resistance. And some teachers may balk at automation, maybe because you don't feel like you have the time for the learning curve, or you're just not interested. You're happy with how you're doing it. You've been doing it in a way that is efficient and effective, and you're just not interested in, in learning a new way. And the other thing is you may not have any viable options. Sometimes the district doesn't have any resources and maybe it takes too much time for you to investigate or research what these technologies might be, what these programs might be so that you can present it to your administration and write a rationale for it, for why it would be a good investment of the resources. So So it may be you have no interest or it may be you just don't have the time to invest in it. So one of the articles that I'm sharing in this week's show notes, which again is at theishgirl.com forward slash EP111, it talks a little bit more about this. The author had a really great insight. The motivation to automate one's practices starts when a teacher comes to her own conclusion that conventional instruction is fundamentally broken and more time is needed for personalization and relationship building. So really you have to come to a pain point, I would say to get to the place where you're ready to embrace the process of finding, learning, and then using different forms of automation. So the question is, what action steps can you take today now that you know this, now that it's been kind of brought to the surface? So I would say to brainstorm tasks that you do daily or weekly that always have the same step-by-step process. I would even go back to that list that you said out loud earlier and maybe pull from that. Which ones have a step-by-step process that you do over and over and over? Choose one task to automate and then research ways that you can simplify that process for yourself. And that might look like Googling a solution on YouTube or just within the internet or even approaching your administration or a colleague to see if perhaps your district already has that kind of technology that maybe you just weren't aware of yet, or even taking what you've researched and taking it to an administrator and proposing it as something for your school or your district to adopt, whatever that process looks like within your um, teaching community. And then I would love for you to let me know how it goes because we are much more likely to follow through when we tell someone. So when you take these small steps, you may just find that dread that we've been talking about being replaced with enthusiasm to make an impact. And isn't that why we started teaching in the first place? If you are looking for more ways like this, like automation, that will help you set boundaries around your time connecting with your students, because that's what this is, right, guys? The more that we can set a boundary around that time by streamlining, by automating, by doing all the things that we can to really prioritize our time connecting with students, that's what we want to do. So if you're looking for more ways to set those kinds of boundaries as a teacher, or if you're just looking for um, a way to set boundaries in general as a human being, as a teacher, as a parent, 
I would love for you to join my next boundaries workshop. You can get all the details in the show notes for this episode. Again, that is theishgirl.com forward slash EP 111. And it will have the times and the dates and, and all the things that you need to join me for that hour long workshop. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that this has been super helpful for you. And if it is, I would love for you to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, because that truly is the very best way to help others who might also need this kind of help and information and encouragement it helps them find the podcast. So thank you for that. Be sure to hang with me again next week, because I'm going to be talking about how to look at the big picture. Remember I'm that big picture girl. So how do you look at the big picture of things to determine your North star in your classroom? And that's going to help you set some priorities. So I'm excited to talk with you guys about that then. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Again, I just consider it a privilege to be hanging in your earbuds with you. And from an ish girl who is so glad to be on the mend from COVID, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. <laughs>